0: Welcome to Around the Table, a new source for Christ-centered teaching and conversations from an apostolic Christian perspective. We were made for another world, an eternal world not built with human hands. That being the case, how should we live now with a perspective oriented towards heaven?
1: A quote that comes to mind is uh, from C.S. Lewis. It says, if you read history... You find that Christians who did the most in this present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. I'm Tim Funk, the elder here in Peoria, and uh, I've got uh, Brother Herbie Knuckle here with me. Brother Herbie?
0: It's a pleasure to be with you today, Tim, and thank you for that intro as we think just a little bit about what it means to keep a heavenward perspective. It's always been a difficult thing for me, as we know in 1 Corinthians 2, it says that I hath not seen, nor hath ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. And so when it's that amazing, it gets beyond my ability to think about too well. And yet there are so many ways that we can keep that perspective, I think.
1: Yeah. So I think of Herbie, as I'm talking through this, and you and I have spoke of this before, but the Ecclesiastes 3.11 comes to mind. And in the King James Version, it says that uh, God has put the world in their heart. And um, I think in one of the other versions, it uses the word eternity in their heart. W- what do you think that means there when you th- when he, uh, God says in Ecclesiastes, when it's written there that uh It says, also, he hath put eternity in their heart. It sure points to a
0: longing in the deepest part of our being to have life eternal and to have something beyond what we're experiencing now, doesn't it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's where, um, this is another quote and I just I've kind of drawn to a couple of these because it it summarizes I think what we're what we're exposed to in scripture through a lot of this but another quote from C.S. Lewis had stated that uh, creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists and he says uh, a baby feels hunger well, there is such a thing as food, And he says, "And a duckling wants to swim, well, there is such a thing as, as water." And then he goes on with some other things, and he says, "If I find myself ad- with a desire which no experience on this world in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Does that resonate with you, Herbie?: Wow. Now that sounds like what I would say is
0: an uh, interpretation of that Ecclesiastes scripture you just quoted. There is in us this desire for another world. Yeah. So the question that I have is how in this world and clad with flesh and blood and being temptable to sin and all those things, how do we maintain that perspective, Tim? I have some practical ideas, but I wonder what your thoughts are.
1: I think it uh, very clearly. The Scripture says that we should set our affections on those things above. Right? That's what what I have found, and, and Herbie, I know as you and I. I mean, we've 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 walked for a bit now as as elders together, and we were we were young boys together years ago, and uh, <laughs> we we had some wonderful times. But as as we gone through life, each one of us has gone through um, peaks and valleys, and. I think each each one of those those valleys, at least for me, has really caused me to think about what I'm really here for. And um, I don't know have have you had any experiences like that in your life? So as I think about all that, my my
0: perspective on how to keep a heavenward perspective, um, I know that there will be some things in heaven. I'm pretty sure the Bible is fairly clear that there will be some things in heaven and in right. fact, absolutely mm-hmm. clear. Right. Yep. So, you know, in Ephesians two, it says, um, that God hath uh, made us to be together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so I know there will be praise and, and, uh, music singing. So when I go to church, I pray, Lord, make this, uh, time, of praise and honor come deep from within me as mm. I prepare for heaven. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the experience. Uh, another thing that'll be in heaven, I know for sure will be people. That's a big deal to me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm looking forward to um, conversing with you um, on any topic in eternity, Brother Tim. That's just mm. something <laughs> I really look forward to. But there's going to be a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that has some complexities and, and that's where some of my ups and downs of life's experiences that have uh, have taught me just a little bit
1: I know. about mm-hmm. how to
0: maintain a heaven perspective.
1: You, you shared some with me a while back and I just, I thought maybe this might be a good time for you to just share a couple of thoughts that you've got and some of the experiences that you've run into in that space. So it's a story.
0: About 18 years ago, our, we have a pretty good-sized family. We have six children, and they were all young. And Lori and I were struggling tr- trying to figure out how we could do short traveling trips. And one thing led to another, and we got the bright idea that we ought to maybe try buying a camper. We, we looked around a little bit, and we spent some time thinking and praying about it. And we noticed a little advertisement that there was one for sale, and we decided to go look at it. And we, Again, we're praying about it. We went out to the west side of town here and uh, there was a little dealer and he had a whole bunch of campers on his lot and there's this used one and it, he showed it to us and we made him an offer on it. And he said, well, now I have to talk to its owner. It's consigned to my sale and I have to talk to an, its owner before I can accept your offer. Yeah. He came back and said, I'll take it. So we paid for it and, and uh, we drove it off the lot. And in Arizona, you get the title in the mail. Yep. Right. So um, about 45 days later, I didn't get the title in the mail. And I got to wondering what's going on. And I drove <laughs> over to that lot and it was cleared off. Oh, no. Yeah. I had the motorhome, but I didn't have a license. I had a temporary license. And I, didn't, I didn't have a title. And I went inside and I talked to the man that sold it to me. He was sitting alone in the dark. Mm. And he said, oh, yeah, I ran into some financial trouble and I, I can't, I I, cast your check, but I can't pay the guy that owns it, but I'll get it worked out. Call me in a couple of days. Well, that's the last time I saw him. Oh my. Time went on and its owner found me and uh, I gave it back to him. So I
1: bought and paid oh, for- you gave, uh, you gave the camper, you, so you had <laughs> paid for the, let me make sure I understand. Yeah. You had paid for the camper. And then you ended up giving the camper back.
0: Yeah. So I bought it and paid for it, but I never really owned it because the title never transferred. That The guy that owned it who had consigned it to the dealer.
1: Well, that that still doesn't sound fair though,
0: does it? Owed my, <laughs> uh, no, it's not exactly fair. It's uh, it's a bad triangle of uh, two honest men and a scoundrel. Scoundrel mm-hmm. gets away with the money and the two honest men are left fighting
1: for mm-hmm. what's
0: left. Hmm. And so I gave the camper back to that guy, and um, yeah, we gave up that idea. That turned out uh, we did not <laughs> ever own a camper.
1: So did you ever go camping?
0: Uh, not with the know, camper. Not with one of those. We, we did rent one once, but anyhow. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> That's another story. Oh. But in this case, um, you know, I don't know if, if this has ever happened to you, Tim, but in – in my life, um, I love my solitude, and it's times when I think and commune with God. And from time to time, over the next several years, uh, this whole episode would intrude itself in the most unwelcome moments in my private time with God, mm-hmm. my solitude, which was precious to me. It was a big family and yeah. a lot of work going on. You know how that is. Yeah, And it was a vexation. And I would work through it, and finally wear myself out on it, and move on to something else. And and there was a time then where I was driving down the road. I know exactly where I was at, and I was so sick of that thing jumping into my head like that. I said, "Well, he'll get his." Mm. There you go. Yep, justice, right? Yeah, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't worry about it, Herbie. He'll get his. And just like that, there was a, an audible voice in my head saying words that were not my words because I was thinking a different way, as you might understand. Mm. And they said, so you want him to go to hell for that? Wow. And I I stopped. I said, no, I, that's not what I meant when I said he'll get his. Well, you know, fraud and theft is a damnable sin, right? Yep. Yes, I know that. Well, what are you saying? And pretty soon I began to pray for him. And I started slow, but all of a sudden, it, tears just started to flow, and they're doing it again. Right now, as I think about the moment that I began to beg God, I it, sovereign judgment is thine, yeah. but not on my account, not for that amount of money. Please. Do not let that man go to hell. Mm. And wow, that was a release. There was peace then. And you might think that that would be the end of it, but it wasn't. About a week later, it happened again, only it was much easier to think about. I really believe I'd forgiven him at the moment. And then the question came, same voice. What if you're walking down the streets of heaven and he comes around the corner? What are you going to do? (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I immediately, I thought I'd just step to the other side of the street, just step away and, you know, chill. And that voice was, you know, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought about, well, outside of my purview, like the thief on the cross or like um, Stephen, the martyr. Yeah, He didn't, St- Stephen did not get a chance to witness Saul's repentance. And maybe I won't get to witness this man's repentance, but through Christ, if he is in heaven, I'm going to throw my arms around him and ask him, tell me your story, because mm. that's going to be amazing. Wow. And I wept again. One of the things that we think about heaven, do not, there cannot possibly be the animosity between human beings that we experience here on this earth in heaven. Yeah. Dust. To keep a heaven perspective, we need to resolve those things now.
1: Herbie, do you, that think, sense? do you think things like that can happen within a church family even? Well, of course. You know, the yeah. interesting thing yeah. is is
0: that I never saw that man again, so all this yeah. is theoretical. Yeah. But what if I had to actually see him every day or every Sunday? Right. Or what if he did something way more serious uh, to my person or to someone I love? Exactly. And people deal with that too, and so I don't mean to trivialize other people's struggles with that. Right. But the concept, I think, is still the same. There must be a realization now and here that I look forward to seeing that person and hearing of his testimony.
1: Well, I tell you what. What you what you're talking about there, it just it it does remind me of Second Corinthians four, where it says things along this line. It says, while we look for those things which are seen. But at the not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal and what where he, where the Lord by his grace took your mind was that you could think about that man's soul and not so much about the action that was taken towards you. Have you know I, I I don't know about you, Herbie, but in my life there are things that I need, that I have needed forgiveness for. I pray sure. that where I have offended others, that they can uh, find forgiveness for me in that. And that that our, our that our souls are the is where the value is, and that that having that eternal perspective and and the the, the eternal destination of the soul in mind as we go through things in this life is so important. Are there other areas? Yeah, so I had another experience also.
0: Uh, It it really relates to this because my mind then had had those thoughts. Someone very, very dear to me uh, walked away from their faith. And uh, I know these are kind of sad stories and so on, but I'm just— Thinking about a heavenward perspective is resolving those things as best we can here and now. And the disappointment and the loss of relationship and fellowship with uh, this person, very close to me, very important to me, was um, devastating. And that, too, was a source of, uh, of deep consternation in, in my soul. And, and that was much more profound than, than the goofy camper story. Uh, In this case, um, the resolution was similar. And the the little voice that I mentioned earlier said, so if you get to heaven, are you going to be disappointed if that person isn't there? And are you going to be looking for the uh, complaint department? And that's just ridiculous. And the voice simply said, then why are you moping around here? Why don't you rejoice in your salvation and knowing Christ? Doesn't it say in John 17, 3, that uh, this is life eternal, that they would know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Just know me and have fellowship in relationship with me and stop moping around. And by the way, trust that person to me. You never were responsible for his salvation.
1: I think in those places though we we really need to be tender with each other because as we just like in that situation with with that dear soul I mean it, it is that one there that is an eternal yeah. that is an eternal situation and we we as as believers as we walk together and as we have had loss and we've seen loss in in uh, those we love in our in in either in illness uh, in in family issues in marriages and even maybe even in finances. It's it's just that we we really need to be tender hearted one towards another, recognizing that we we need to help each other continue to keep that eternal perspective because it's so. Hard for us to take our focus off of that immediate issue right in front of us. Uh, at least I find it that way. What are you? Is, what do you think, Herbie? Is that how you've seen it too, or? Uh, that's precisely
0: what I. I totally agree with that. And speaking of being tender about it, uh, I don't know exactly how all those things will resolve in heaven, hmm. but I do know that God is so gracious, and so yep. gentle, and so merciful. The idea that I cannot live without hope for others and for myself is part of a heavenward perspective. Doesn't that help a little when those moments come? And then when I go to church and I lift my voice in song, the bitterness doesn't choke my words before I can
1: sing them. The Word says, and, and you know this very well, you've probably preached the passage many times, but it says that our 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 bodies will be our vile bodies will be changed oh, yeah. into yeah. the glorious into, body. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, yeah, you know the passage absolutely. Yeah. The thing about keeping our focus in the right place that like that like that CS Lewis quote that I stated earlier those who are precisely those who are focused mostly on the next life. And as we as you think through that Jesus um and Paul actually brought out in Philippians 3 he says he, he in in verse 19 it says he describes or he describes those who are earthly minded and it, it's it's really it's really scary for those who have an earthly mind and, and 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 keep an earthly perspective because that's why I love the way you brought in that heavenward perspective in in both of those situations because it says Paul intended to remind us uh, in that passage that uh, we, and I'll just I'll just read it here because I think it, it says, he, he says in verse 17, I'm going to start there. It says, Brethren, be ye followers together with me and mark them that walk so as ye have us for an example. And in verse uh, 18, it says, For many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destructions whose god is their belly and whose glory is their shame and here's the the key who mind earthly things that's the last part of that verse but it says these are people who mind earthly things and then he and then he just contrasts that in verse 20 just what you had referred to there where it says for our conversations in heaven from whence also we look for Christ our lord Jesus Christ, our our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And so we just, we got to be thankful that we can, you know, as Christians, Jesus is our only hope. That's right. He is the only hope of the world.
0: And those earthly things are but distractions.
1: Yeah, it causes causes us not to love each other when we start to experience brokenness between relationships like that, right? right? Yeah. But there is
0: resolution to that in Christ. And that's my point. But you know what you just quoted, or what you just read to us in Philippians 3 there, it brings me to current events personally. Uh, Last week, I had a nerve pinch in my neck, and the pain was incessant and intense, day Mm. after day, hour after hour. And I will tell you that in that time, thankfully, it's resolved. I thank God it was awful. But all of a sudden, there were almost no pleasures in life that could attract me. Food didn't taste good. Uh, yeah. Nothing, it just, it really. And so now I was feeling better. I look back and I say, Lord, thank you for a heavenward perspective. It helps me to yeah. not have mind earthly things,
1: I guess. I think you bring up a really a good point there because it just, the, the things that you have brought up are areas where there is brokenness. And it seems like, I don't know about you, but it, what I have experienced in my walk with the Lord, it seems like I have always desired, or you're always looking for the the wholeness. You're always looking for That's things right. to be whole. We're looking for things to be just. We're looking for things to be perfect. We were made for another world, right? <laughs> Is that yeah, yeah? I, I think I think that's what it says, and and it's it's interesting because when I think about those areas that we want to, we we're looking for that wholeness, we're looking for that perfection. The only place that's going to happen yeah. is in heaven. That's right. I, I really believe, and I, I just I'm so thankful for your perspective that you shared here. In John eleven. Uh, Jesus is speaking to Martha about Lazarus there. And he said, thy brother shall rise again. And, and Martha said, yeah, he says, I, I know he shall rise again. in the resurrection at the last day and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection, the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. All of this, he says, if the resurrection will accomplish this wholeness. It will bring wholeness to all those things we long for because we were created for this new life. And then he finishes up that verse with, believest thou this? To me, that that just gives us hope because even in the brokenness and, and in this brokenness that Martha was in, and I guess I would ask you, Herbie. The way I'm reading this is that there was a brokenness here with Martha, with Certainly. losing her brother. Wouldn't you say that?
0: She felt, as so many do. Yep, yeah, I lost it all right here. Nothing else
1: matters. Right. So she she's saying, you know, Lord, I, if you would have been here, he would have come. He wouldn't have died. You know, yeah. and and uh, and I know he's going to rise at the last day. She says. Yeah. But Jesus, Jesus asks for one thing. He says, "Believest thou this? It's a huge point of faith, isn't it? Yeah. To cling to
0: that, that there is a better land, that there is an eternal promise. All things will be resolved that are ambiguous and messed up. Exactly. Exactly. It's a huge point of faith.
1: Well— Herbie, I, I have appreciated this time, and thank you for sharing some of the intimate stories of the things that you have run into here, and I've just appreciated our time together today. and just thank you, um, Tim. Lord, help us to keep this heavenly perspective and to believe that we can believe these things, even in the the brokenness that we experience in this world.
0: My closing thought would be um in ephesians two eight. It says that in the ages to come, he might uh, show us of the goodness and the mercy and the graces, something like that. I'm not quoting it perfectly, but um, the idea that we are going to spend eternity learning the wonderful goodness of God. And Brother Tim, may your times with him, whether in church or with your Bible, whatever solitude or whatever fellowship that God gives you, may they be filled with a learning of God's goodness and His grace. And may that then point you to heaven. Thanks for listening. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church of America.